0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode th- uh, 715, recorded today on Wednesday, the 25th of May. Uh, well, we, we were back from Superbooth last week, and we're going to NAM next week. Well, I'm not going to NAM, but the team are going to NAM, and there's going to be NAM coming soon. So prepare for incoming. Uh, but uh, we also have a great uh, crew with us this week. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to remind you all of our uh, Patreon and uh, check out all the Superbooth stuff. I- I also a bit of an apology because we've been so fixed on kind of getting these uh, shows done uh, the Patreon has been a little bit light so I do I do apologise for that we will be bringing some more stuff into that I'll be able to turn my focus back onto it and start uh, taking care of all you folks but thank you very much for uh, all of you supporters so you know who you are um, also want to say thank you very much to Baby Audio and Isotope uh, for sort of supporting the show, we'll be messages from them a little bit later on as ever and uh, all you folks over in the Discord, in the IRC on all of those places, thank you very much and also I want to say uh, thanks to Dom and Wagyu for sorting out the cross-posting and all of that business, we're getting there and I think we're working towards the master plan being complete at some point, uh, perhaps uh, I think this century will probably we can we can <laughs> safely say it will be this century, uh, but I can't commit fully, I wouldn't sign it in writing <laughs> anyway, welcome everybody, uh, the start over there with that chuckle was uh, from Mr. Dom Hawking who <laughs> we haven't seen since <laughs> Hello. actually Dom, Mr. Wiggly, i uh, Maker of uh, plugins, also um, sleep apps, all kinds of stuff. Coda yeah. Extraordinaire. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. William, have you been.
1: I've been good. I've been good. Uh, I've been to Warsaw and back. In the meantime, um, more on that, I think probably next week, which has been really good, uh, music related, which is which is good. Um, but Superbooth, yeah, still hasn't hasn't left my system really. It's but such a such a nice event. I'm not going to go to Nam. I think that might. I'm sure it's incredible, but I think that might be a little more stressful than the whole Superbooth kind of <laughs> yes. light friendly experience. Um, but I'm sure it's going to be amazing. That's a shame that they're so close together because if you. Were- something i guess you know i mean that you know they could spread it a little bit but no i've been been really good actually been really good been messing around in the studio making some music i did a i did a kitchen sample challenge which has been quite fun just recording banging stuff in the kitchen and making music out of it and give yourself a, a couple of hour deadline for a competition that was on facebook so that was cool yeah all very oh, good. Sounds habit. like a laugh. Sounds like a yeah, laugh. Uh, well, excellent. thank you
0: for joining us, of course. And we also have, well, I mean, a man who doesn't need any introduction, but I'll give him one anyway, uh, Mr. Ty Unwin, who's there in his studio, a uh, media composer where he slogs away without daylight. <laughs> they have to they have to bring his food and push it under the door. It's a little bit like being in prison, but he owns the prison. So it's kind of, how are you, Ty? I'm sure it's not like that. I just want to if make, you make it dramatic. Honestly,
2: he kind of- honestly it is like that at the moment although yeah oh. it is like that although i i finished a, i got one an episode finished um, of a thing that i'm doing i got it finished last night and i don't get the next film until friday so i mean this is this for me is just unknown it's just you know i've actually got 2 days of not killing myself at the moment it's it's back to the bad old days at the moment it's back to just, yeah exactly as you described it essentially so um so i've got a couple of days of not doing that which is great. Oh, and,
0: um, well, I hope the weather holds for you.
2: Oh, I'm not bothered about weather. I, I'm more bothered about. I went and set up my PS5. That's what I'm more bothered about. Okay. That's what I did this morning. So, <laughs> so um, get my priorities right. So pay some bills. Not enough screen and, time, uh, eh? PS5. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my tan up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no. So yeah. yeah. So, so but all is well. All is good. Yeah. It's uh, life is life is hunky dory. I can't really complain. Sorry
0: excellent yeah. well i'm so glad to have you here it's been such a long time and uh, you're always welcome it's been ages. and of course we have been ages. it has been a really long time hasn't it mm. but um, i'm sure you know well you're here now and uh, we also got mr gaz williams who's there in bristol also a veteran of super booth a, a returnee uh, you were only there for a short period of time gaz weren't you because you had to go off and do some gigs and tour and stuff gaz williams of course uh youtuber and uh, music technologist bass player all those things in fact mm. um Are you doing a show tonight?
3: Uh, I've been invited to a psychedelic <laughs> Turkish band. I'm on the guest list and it sounds so good. Uh. Showtime, so I'm like torn at the moment because there's so much I do want to share on so doing a show. So I'm uh, unless I do a late night one. Um, but yeah, yeah, Superbooth um, for my brief time that I was there was amazing. And I should mention that the Superbooth 2023 announcement was made yesterday. So it's happening at <laughs> FTZ. (laughs) so but I mean the thing is people kept saying excuses why they weren't going and because oh doing this and this and this book it now everyone put it in your diaries honestly it's the best event in the world for music if you're into music tech like we all are it's the best event in the world so get it in your diaries now and then you haven't got any excuses there what do you reckon
0: that's right I've yeah i think that's a yeah. fairly good shout and hopefully uh, everybody will be actually they had a really good turnout they put the numbers didn't they, they had something like six thousand attendees which isn't bad for a, an event like that and uh, i'm sure yeah. it'll increase next next year and i suppose the thing mm. is because it's so big now and spread out it didn't feel like that busy i mean so but it actually was
3: which is great so
0: yeah really we were really blessed good.
3: with good pretty much good weather there was a bit of rain at one point but it was uh but um i came back with a couple of goodies look Ta-da! i've got one of these oh you've got the retro kits yes, yes. which that's I've a time, uh, surely uh yeah i think so um but uh i mean i think it's virtually i think it's more or less as will be um but uh just in case you're not aware of these things it's like a little tape recorder what is it the a- alice's mmt8 that's that's its influence in, it's influence but i mean it's so small you can just have it on the side of your keyboard uh, or well uh, any way you like really and uh, treat it almost like a multi-track recorder and when it records midi uh what's quite interesting it's the, uh, the eight tracks here each of the eight tracks can contain a full 16 16- MIDI channels worth of influence. yeah, so you'd have an entire yeah. song <coughs> into each track. Yeah, so it will record, mm. uh, you know, and, and then that will sort of record MPE. I'm guessing, or certainly note per channel. Uh, but it records everything, all the CC values and whatnot. So, um, so really cool little little thing. So I'm going to be uh, yeah, it looks nice. Up yeah it's cool and it's got a built-in metronome <laughs> with a speaker as well which i think is so cool beep, 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 beep,
0: beep, 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 <laughs> all of those things. Other, yeah i'm other... oh, well, glad that sounds great. you got
3: you got swag oh, what's that that one as well that's the uh the, the quad, quad drum from vpme which they i think they were oh, announcing yeah. a new expander for that but this thing is a beast it's an absolute beast although just completed my live rig now with including a bunch of drum voices and it's like this comes along and it's like oh no so I just uh, <laughs> Moves everything know. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, I think this is one of the problems with Modular it's just it is never ending. But, well, um, it, it, but the yeah. thing is, is if
0: you're such a if you're a completist with your case and you have finally got it laid out and full, and then something hmm. else comes along that is a different HP to the thing you're replacing with it, it messes everything, doesn't it? I mean, uh, that, it that's, is. if you're that complete, it, it completely cocks it up.
1: Yes. So uh, and there I is could... no such word as complete either. You cannot <laughs> use the word complete. I've completed <laughs> the all there is in my head. No, there isn't mine. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it exist is. in modular world. Definitely exists in, no. in uh, entire yeah, world. No, no, it is. My modular is complete. That's it.
0: Good. Empty. Completely well, you've got 55, yeah. haven't you? No, that no, 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 it's not. It's Just not. Next
2: to it. It's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. My, no, my Eurorack is, is complete. I, 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 It's full and it's staying as it is forever. <laughs> I will never, ever have anything else added to it. ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right, okay, true. fair enough. I'm wondering whether that's because you haven't got one at all. I have. I've got, I've got oh, three
2: cases full of the thing. And a KB, oh, I beg a your 37. No, I have, yeah, but that's it. There's ah, nothing being... okay. No, no, I've done my case. I've done, when was okay, the last switched on, though? When was the last switched on? Well, no, it will be switched on on Friday, but until... yeah, it hasn't been switched on for ages. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I think So no, no, there is on, on Friday, oh, it well. was because I think... There's a job that I've got will be very much based around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can I can also
0: recommend the Create Audio uh, um, keyboard. I can't remember what it's called now. That's really good. The Nifty Keys. That's actually quite a good uh, if you need another keyboard. That's pretty cool, that. Anyway, um, I suppose we should probably get into some uh, some serious business. I mean, and we cannot uh, really avoid the uh, the sad news of uh, Vangelis' passing. I mean, you know, it's like, it's really, uh, yeah, I, all I could say is it's sad, but I wanted to play a bit of this because it's so emotive. I, I, I was playing it, and there's a chap on the comments. Uh, this is... Um, Oh, what's it called? It's called uh, Memories of Green, and uh, Luke Bingus on the comments of the YouTube, said he said, I could honestly see myself making the conscious choice of having this, if I can, be the final thing I listen to before I die. I know it's a bit bleak, but I think, stay with me, the bleeping and industrial sounds really do elicit the image of my mind of a man on life support, reminiscing on the heartbreak, beauty and humanity of his life experience and I, I honestly when I was listening I read that and I was listening to this and I just thought oh my goodness that's so apt and you know it is really sad uh, that obviously it's the way but what a legacy and for me uh, I think I wrote I wrote a rather bleak headline which was just Vangelis is dead which I, sort of, I I didn't want to dress it up really because it feels like such a moment with Blade Runner this this particular film it seemed to be the perfect apex of emotive imagery and emotive music that I don't think we'd particularly in the electronic field we'd never really seen this before this was a very first time that it had been this intense certainly for me as a kid and I remember the opening scene of Blade Runner uh, with the soaring CS80 and those shots of the Tyrell Corporation and and sort of post-apocalyptic Los Angeles or wherever it was, and it just sort of blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. So, you know, I, I'd rather this was more of a celebration of uh, the, the the chap than you know, obviously than than misery at his passing, but. What what I didn't realise, I was listening to a big playlist on uh, YouTube today, and there were loads of things that I'd never heard of. You know, he started off doing quite a lot of uh, sort of animal documentaries before he got into proper soundtrack work, and then did the Carl Sagan series and loads of other stuff. And there there were just little motifs and themes in there. I thought, I know that, and I did not know it was him. You know, I just completely did not. And, and, and I think a lot of it is quite wafty and perhaps non-melodic, but some of it, or also a great percentage of it, has got very, very strong melodic content and that was obviously the genius that he had and it was mostly improvised as far as i could tell now ty i have a feeling i, I come from memory uh are you a, a Vangelis fan uh, i mean the stuff that he does to picture it's very kind of uh
2: i'm it's a, very specific I'm a, I'm a Vangelis freak ah okay I mean, yeah to the right this man. for me is yeah well this this for me is literally you know when everyone was losing their whatever when bowie died and uh you know, the people that people really think the world of and think they're their hero. This this he was literally he was. I think I put thing on Facebook. Basically, he he was music for me in my teenage years. He 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 was music, and right. uh, so to say that I'm gutted is putting it mildly. I mean, we all know. Kind of, it, I've made it very quite vocal that his lat his latter releases, especially the last two or three albums, have been. Um, not not exactly his, his best output but the reality is you know kind of um you know you can't you can't keep it up forever as no. <laughs> as the actress said to the no. uh so it's um you know it's it's in- incredibly sad unbelievably sad and uh so yeah so I've I I even his early works because obviously as you said his early works weren't particularly electronic they were kind of quite jazz infused kind of psychedelic in the early, late 60s, early 70s, and then he'd the whole electronic stuff with um, uh, Albedo 0.39 and, you know, um, Heaven and Al and all those and right through to all the soundtrack work. They all have a common trait, which is kind of one of simplicity, really. And it, as you said, melodically, harmonically, he could be incredibly simple. Um, and then he'd completely counter that with some incredibly complex uh, stuff, especially... Textural and obviously the cs80 Mm. which he was literally the god of and um i think the problem is when you play a cs80 it's trying to not sound like vangelis the moment (laughs) you play a cs80 you you automatically slip into vangelis mode and um yeah so he he was literally when it's very easy to say my hero but he, he he really was my hero and i've said it before i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now the way i'm doing it if it wasn't for him
4: um
2: Uh, And I won't be doing what I'm going to be doing in the future if it wasn't for him. So he was uh, a huge, 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 huge influence. And, um, yeah, very sad. But as you say, celebration-wise, there's so much amazing music out there. So much amazing music out there. Fifty albums I I was looking at on the the Wikipedia page. Including soundtracks and things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, astonishing, astonishing body of work, mm-hmm. and and not only that, as just sort of working methods. I remember, um, I may have told this story before, but when I, I was working at uh, a local nightclub, and I was the house engineer, and they had a studio upstairs, and there was a uh, a a. a, a female engineer called Raina Shine who uh, came down to do some front of house stuff and she was saying, oh, she used to work at uh, Nemo. She was like one of the assistants or or his engineer at Nemo for a while. I guess that would have been late 80s, early 90s maybe, late 80s possibly. And uh, she was just saying, you know, that one of the stories was that he just had a load of uh, Yamaha Rev 1s, which are these amazing sort of spaceship uh, kind of, uh, they they were the sort of Yamaha equivalent of the 480L, huge rack munitions. It with a big kind of remote control much fancier remote control than the lrc i have to say but it was just everything was set to nine seconds and that was kind of where it that's where it started and i was listening back and it's um, i mean i'm sure that's probably true but it it's more about the voicing than the actual you don't really notice this huge amount of reverb in his stuff it's more well, to do with the compositional stuff isn't it it's quite interesting
2: the the thing is what you what you find is it's because of the simplicity that's as simple as that, really. If the, and this is kind of where it went wrong in, in latter years, because he was still using the same kind of long reverb settings on some incredibly complex, you know, kind of multi-layered stuff. Um, right. He's, he's basically, he's set up, and that's kind of where it went wrong, because that long reverb always worked so well because of the simplicity of what he was actually playing. And he never, you know, I mean, you know, I've I've always said this. Well, I would, you know, if you can play one note, play one note. Don't play two hundred and seventy six. I hate musical masturbation. If you can play, you know, if one note does the job, play that note. And what's so great is he played what he had to play, and that's why the long reverbs really shone. And um, he didn't need he didn't need anything, you know, kind of. Um, harmonically fancy. He just kept it simple and the reverb and the, the textures did the work. I think the interesting thing, more the, the most interesting thing about him is that when it started to go wrong was in the early days, because as, as you say, the way he works is it's completely natural and he would literally just w- look at the picture and play as much as he could in absolute real time with no editing. It was just live. Yeah. And so back in the day when he had, you know, it's a CS80 and a VP330 and a Fender Rhodes and, you know, maybe a 700S. And and it was all as much as he could play with his hands and he would do as much as he could live with a few overdubs. But generally speaking, most of it was a live take to picture. And that's how he worked. That's how he wanted to work. He hated the reason albums like direct work less well is the fact that he was suddenly into programming and it wasn't as much real time. The problem began when he had his own system Commissioned and built his own system, which was basically like a glorified organ, and as amazingly complex as that setup was. And he, I mean, we've all seen the videos online of that. Yeah, uh, very impressive. And he had a looking incredibly impressive with dozens of foot pedals controlling volumes, controlling filters, and the fact that it was. But it was, to all intents and purposes, it was uh, an eighty-eight. I think it was a sixty-one, and then a thirty-something keyboard, and then one to the side. And it was a glorified organ, which meant that he was shaped the chords were being shaped by what he could physically play at that one time and as as a as a piece of showmanship it was incredible because it was like it was like in playing live the best organ ever but the reality was that most of that was being mitted off to quite quite basic samples and there were lots of Roland models and modules in that setup. So technically, although it had moved forward, sound-wise, it was just very staid and very 90s. And so the last couple of albums has done basic sound like glorified organ music using modules from the 90s and he had ironically a few months ago he had updated his setup to include a lot more modern contemporary stuff and more to the point he'd yeah we saw the, the picture CS80, didn't we? yeah we saw the picture and yeah. he reinstalled the cs80 back into his setup which was amazing so everyone was looking forward to going back to the old days of a simpler setup not this bloody organ crap and to a simpler setup with him back to the cs80 back to offender roads back to more you know, since and and unfortunately, that never happened uh, because of, uh, of of the illness and COVID and and yeah. um, and everything. And it's it's such a shame. But that that sitting down and just writing to picture is um, and not going into loads of programming. I actually said this to a friend the other day: is that you can always tell when I get to the end of a project because the last few cues I write, because most of it is all lots of programming, very epic, very complex, and when I'm running out of time. You, could, you can always tell because my cues become incredibly simple and incredibly open. And it's because I'm running out of time and I sit there going, Christ, I've got a four-minute piece to write. I'm basically going to write that in four minutes in real time. So those are the cues <laughs> that I do literally do evangelis. I do evangelis and sit there with a, a kind of, Piano and strings and synths, and I do it all kind of in real time. Spend half an hour then editing it, that track's done and out the window. What you don't see is the track I was writing for four days before that, which was a 30 second track that took four days because it was all programmed. <laughs> and the reality is, and I'll be totally honest with you, the tracks that I do like that, where it's literally just sat down, very minimal, done to picture. Every single time are the best tracks. So you think I'd learn, which is basically start with that and don't do any of the big epic shit. And oh, sorry, the big epic <laughs> stuff, and just just do the the minimal stuff. But I'll learn one day. But anyway,
0: well, there's a lesson learned. Well, thanks, thanks, Ty. That's a great uh, piece on, on Van uh, Gas. I, I mean, I know you, you know Aphrodite's Child, one of the considered also oh, to be a contemporary kind of prog rock classic. I mean, and that's where oh, his yeah. roots started.
3: Yeah, that's an outstanding album, the 6661, you know. It's an amazing album, and uh, I think, well, because of course that was with uh, Demis Roussos as well on bass and lead vocals. Um, Wow, what a band. Uh, But... For me, I think the first time Vangelis really connected was uh, with John and Vangelis. Uh, you ask me, where do I go? You know, that's yeah. somehow I find my way home. That song, which I absolutely loved. And it felt so uh, futuristic and bright and clear. It's, uh, you know, it, it could be cheesy by some measure, but it's not because of the just the glorious, beautifulness of it. I think that combination of Vangelis and John Anderson was just, uh, was magic. Um, I watched an interview with John Anderson uh, talking about Vangelis recently. Uh, I think it was recorded before he passed, but... um, John was talking about when he went over to his place in Paris, and he had this palatial <laughs> suite, you know. And uh, but but uh, the, the thing about Van Gallis was, he was apparently a really lovely person, who very warm, very. I, I'd have loved to have met him. Has anyone met him here?
0: No, I no no, no I
2: didn't. No. I wish. I,
0: I think he was quite I wish, um, yeah. private. I don't think you would have necessarily got to meet him that easily right. with without being no. working with him. I guess you know. I I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, no, nice one, Dom. I know you weren't necessarily familiar um, okay with a lot, but you must have Blade Runner. Must have figured some point in your uh, in yeah. Your and I was upbringing. speaking to
1: you beforehand, and so I said, yeah, you know, I don't, uh, I don't have that much to say. But but then you kindly sent through the the playlist of stuff, and just like you, I was thinking, oh, hang on a minute, I do know that. And the John and Van track that that Gaz has just mentioned definitely seeped into my subconscious and made me love synthesizers. You know, so. I think I would very much have noticed if he if he wasn't around it's just that I never actively you know followed his his work I mean what a brilliant thing to do though to play to play live alongside picture to produce those kind of things my immediate thought was when you go back to the silent movies and someone's playing piano alongside that's, but, uh, but that's know, how he uh, saw uh,
2: it that's exactly yeah. how he saw it yeah it's right. just it's, it's just amazing. amazing
1: and you're you're so right that the I mean, you might get it completely wrong. You might say so you go ahead and you do another take, but, uh, you know, run run the picture, start playing, and keep it simple because you've got two hands. Um, and when you nail it, which I would imagine with him is probably more times than, than we ever would, um, what a thing. What an absolutely brilliant thing. And, and to be honest, looking back at my own career, it's this quick, simple stuff that has been, I say successful, successful to me in terms of people liking it or whatever. You know, it's... Uh, the best songs are the quick ones that pop into your head the best keyboard parts are the obvious ones that come straight into your hands or your head when you play along to something for the first time and the more you concentrate on something the more well personally i just add way too much you know if something's wrong i'll add stuff rather than remove it so it's a really good lesson (laughs) the, the other thing which is a slightly side point of view it's certainly inspired me to live more healthily i think i mentioned this to a couple of friends it's like um You know, as you're getting older, we're all getting older, and he clearly wasn't uh, keeping his health to the best of his abilities, if you like. And I'd, I'd like to live quite a long time, so uh living more healthily yeah, you know, is a good yeah. lesson to learn out of all this stuff. So,
2: so I think the talk. other thing is that, that a lot of the way, the, a lot of the reason why he did it that way, it was as much to do with the fact that, as I think we make talk about he didn't he didn't really want to be doing this this is the thing that people don't know about Vangelis is the fact that he he kind of wanted to be seen as more of a, a, a kind of a serious composer so the side of Vangelis that we get is not is not what he was doing it's a lot showbiz, of the yeah. time this is the showbiz bit and so the reason you know if, if you went to him and said I want to film score I mean first of all he did very few and far between he wasn't a jobbing in, you know, film composer he would literally kind of do it and he'd do it as, literally as quickly as he possibly could just to kind of get it out the door which earned the money and so that he could go back to doing what he wanted to do and I mean it's, it's, it's kind of fairly well known that he is a bit like Prince and that he has just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of his improvisations and his, his music that will probably even ne- never see the light of day or at some point someone will come and collate all this and, you know, now that he's gone, maybe put out some kind of um, you know, released some of it. But the reality is he was he was essentially a, a serious composer at heart. And his frustration was having to having to be the performing monkey. He didn't want to be the performing monkey, and that literally was what earned uh, the money to 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 buy what he wanted and live the lifestyle that he wanted and and give him the time. To, to 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 do what he wanted to do, which was write serious music, which he did daily, that we will yeah. probably never get to hear, you know. Yeah, and and Interesting. I mean, and when he, are we going to talk about that interview that he did about? I the, think
0: we might. The, yeah, we 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 might. We'll we'll try. I think we're kind of uh, we are we are. Uh, um... Extending, shall we say? Uh, and I, I do. I am conscious that I've got a. I feel a bit crass bringing in a commercial at this point, but I suppose it has to be done. We we wouldn't be here if we wouldn't be if we. If we particularly of the subject that we've just been talking on, uh, but we're not performing monkeys. We're just uh, we're just doing what we do. But yes, I am. Hopefully, we will. I we, am. will get, we will get the opportunity. <laughs> uh, let's just have a quick word from our friends over at uh, um, Baby Audio, who have got a special. Let me just bring this up, Uh, here we go, yeah, let's do that, okay. (laughs) Yes, so Baby Audio, uh, say 15%. Baby Audio makes creative effect plugins designed to add color and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music magazine and nominated in SOS Awards two years in a row. Might want to try out that iHeart New York, which is uh, Baby Audio's first plugin, which is kind of packs the New York parallel compression trick into a simple plugin experience. It was also named one of Sound & Sounds magazine Plugins of the Year 2020. Get 15% off anything on Baby Audio when you check out with the code ST15. Thanks very much for their support, and we hope you do check out their stuff. Right. Um, uh, yes. The, the, the other piece that we had was, uh, I, and I wasn't sure whether we'd get to it just purely because of the amount of time we spent previously. Maybe if we, if we go, if we go somewhere else and then come back, that might me uh, make more sense just purely because we can kind of have a bit of light and shade. So, uh, uh, one thing that I was really interested in. Let me just come to. Uh, oh, let's see. Well, I suppose they're all kind of fairly deep subjects, really. Let's. Uh, I, I'm going to go. For, let's go to the Arturia V Collection because it's also got the CS80, which has been. V, which has been totally rebuilt, and I just thought it was kind of uh, worth mentioning. So. Part of the reason this came up is we actually filmed a great piece on the V collection. We've just got a new MS-20 emulation, plus completely reworked CS80, Profit V and Vs engines. And uh, the audio was was balked, and, it, and I couldn't use it because it was distorted, and that would have not presented it in a good light. So I just wanted to bring that up because um, I'm going to hope get some more of it now. But it sounded really uh, quite impressive, I think, because I know when, particularly first, when the, um, the CS80 and the Profit V and the Profit VS came out, I mean, these are probably 10 years old. So the code base for these things was a little bit more cookie cutter. Now they've really kind of come on leaps and bounds. And the, certainly what I heard of the MS-20, which uh, was really impressive. And uh, so, yeah, they have released that now. And I just thought I'd throw, I don't know, whether you use any of the uh, artoria stuff in your work
2: yeah all of them every day yeah uh, all of them it's, every day it's, well no no all of them but i use the so, something probably from that collection <laughs> every day no, i don't use them all every day um <laughs> uh, yeah and they do they do they do they get better every single time the only the only slight objection i ever have with this is the fact that um is that they do the same old thing every time, which is always one nine nine to update when from the previous collection, and they always stick in. It's normally two or three new models, and it's always one nine nine every single time. And and then you can get the whole thing for not that much more money to buy it from scratch. And I yeah, always four nine of, nine yeah, for five nine nine at the
0: moment.
2: Yeah, you see now. The, my problem is if you are paying one nine nine compared to four nine nine, and like lot of us, we're on nine now. I've been there from one. So if you work out how much money I've spent giving them every (laughs) single time I give them their two hundred every single update every single update and then you can come along and get the whole thing from scratch for four nine nine I just I always just turn around and go it's just it's not fair if you if you're a long time user that's invested a lot of money into this each time you should get it at a rate which is is you know you're updating it but at the end of the day you're updating it for just literally a couple of cents and whether you want them or not. You kind of just want the latter version, the better versions of what you've been using and bought into eight times before, which is what's happened. You know, I've bought every single collection and I've paid one nine nine every time. It's not fair. That's all. That's all I'd say. I think
0: that's a a fair point.
2: Forgetting that, forgetting that they, they, you know, they are brilliant. They are, you know, they're getting and also every time they do get better, you know, the CS80 now, the version four is a lot better. And and um, you know it's uh, and he said you're right the, the twenty the twenty just <laughs> basically sound like a twenty but you know it it's, um, really good. and Polly as well isn't it yeah it, it does they, yeah and they they're they're all they all have that I mean people turn around and just. Slag them off again we're going to go into the same old argument of it doesn't sound like my jupiter 8 or it doesn't sound like me no but the 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 jupiter 8 next door doesn't sound like your jupiter 8 they all sound different i would i'm going to safely say whatever they modeled it on it gets close enough to have a a flavor and a hint and uh you know, And at the end of the day, if you're really that anal that you're going to sit there and start comparing it with the real hardware thing, you're missing the point, which is you're meant to be writing bloody music. So it's not going to make any <laughs> difference whether you use your real Jupyter 8 or this Jupyter 8 plugin. They're both going to sound great.
0: Apart from the fact your real so Jupyter 8 might, might still be being serviced when you really want to use it. That's the, yeah, that's <laughs> well, I
2: think the reality is, is your real Jupyter 8 is going to be being serviced. That's, it's not even <laughs> might be, will be. Yeah.
1: Somebody's done know, Dom, I, I, going I, in business. Yeah, I,
0: it, it I, the only the reason i did bring this up was because i i had this great video ready to go and i couldn't use it because of the audio but I, mm. honestly, on the ms20 and the cs80 they were just like okay mm. that sounds really good because they rebuilt they totally recoded them and so of started yeah. from scratch so it, you, you know you're getting um some quite a lot of newness and that uh, they do
1: totally yeah i had i heard them over there um yeah, uh, bizarrely i've i only got into i only bought them from the last the the number eight series it was an ecosystem that i'd kind of managed to avoid because i had so many other synth plugins and i'd never ever jumped in and and it was just another of those oh gosh yeah they look amazing but hang on a minute how many of these emulations do i need blah 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 um and then i think what i think it was something crazy like the vocoder that uh tipped tipped me over the edge. I needed a really nice vocoder and I have vocoders, and nothing really sounded like what I was hearing in my head that I thought the vocoder should sound like. And I thought, okay, now there was an offer on probably because this new one was on its way soon and I bought into the whole thing and boy, I wish I'd bought in earlier. It really is good. The vocoder that I was after was absolutely perfect. I didn't have to do any tweaking. I turned it on. I spoke into it and it sounded exactly as if, exactly as I had in my head, you know, which was like, gosh, this is insane. Um, and everything else is really well modeled and it definitely adds. I mean, the excuse of, well, I've already got a lot of other plugins was it, it brings a whole new dimension there. So, so I haven't gone through the first eight and spent, you know, 1600 Pounds over the years, or whatever, to keep up with, with them. But I also completely understand. You know, it's very annoying not to have the latest version of everything, even if it doesn't do that much else. It's just like the, the OCD of of plug-in it's <laughs> You've got to have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I uh, uh, yeah, I can only wave a big flag and say I'm really late to the party, uh, but absolutely not disappointed in the slightest. So it was very good value actually. If you can buy it when there's a deal going on, um, and get into the ecosystem when you can, it's it's yeah, I was very very pleasantly impressed and surprised actually.
0: It's interesting, Gaz, isn't it? There's the, the, all of these kind of big collections. They become kind of more uh, valuable as they become more bigger. You know, it's like, you know, we're seeing some of these subscriptions that are starting with, you know, not all that much. And then you go to someone like Slate, you've got tons. And then you've got the V collection, which has got a whole bunch of things. And they're getting better. The value is increasing, even though, you know, if, if you were to join now, Ty's <laughs> point aside.
3: Yeah, um, wow. I mean, it, it is an incredible thing that they are doing, though, aren't they? I mean, it's quite interesting to wonder where are they going to go next. Such is the comprehensive nature of this collection. I mean, it's well, got Subscriptions, rich. Dare I say it? I hate to. Oh I hate no! To I mean, sell. in terms of in terms of oh, which yeah. what the, what other, other synth? You know, because like the SQ80 is a kind of niche synth. It's not particularly fondly remembered is it not in the same way as some of the other classics that it's uh, i mean you know it does have its fans for sure um so it's just kind of curious yeah. now <laughs> now they've uh, now they've um, covered mm, virtually all of the classics that you would have seen on well they, they've
0: made their they've made their own i mean the, there's pigments which is actually a really oh, good understanding yeah. thing as well so i suppose yeah, that, yeah, maybe yeah. that's
3: what they'll do they'll just
0: go in that direction
3: But I was also just wondering what other nuggets they're going to sort of find, though, from the past. And uh, I think that's just really nice. I mean, it's it's an incredible thing, isn't it? You know, just uh, from an educational point of view, to be able to have access to all, you know, to have very good uh, and beautifully... You know, the 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 latest scalable uh, graphics and stuff they look really mm-hmm. good on nice big screens um so these are you know really educational and i've always really liked that way that you've got the that the, the the graphics kind of hide some of the controls and you can un you can kind of it animates it, doesn't it? It, it reveals multi styles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think stuff like that's really nice, though, because it does mean that you that you can have a virtual version of these. Uh, sense and restrict your kind of access to them to what you would have had in the day um that being said i just don't care about software instruments anymore i just yeah i get I, 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 it's, it's for, I, I
0: totally get i tell you what i was watching the other day i was watching the the Zills lab poly kb uh review i did and it was like 10 years ago 11 years ago and that for me was the moment where i went oh they actually sound, this sounds really good. And I remember that. And I was listening back and I go, God, it still sounds really good. But it was a turning point because we've talked about it before where you get, particularly when it's, depending on the sort of emulation you use, whether it's kind of a, you know, uh, circuit behavior or circuit modeling or, you know, whatever. And that that was a turning point in terms of what you could do in software in terms of realism and that sounds of organics. And I think Artoria were... It, like I say, right at the beginning, it was almost like underneath it felt like it might have been the same engine with a different GUI on it, whereas now everything but, is really, you know, is much more detailed.
2: Yeah. That's that's basically what you've described is basically, so back in the day, and you see, I get that with Cherry Audio. So Cherry Audio, for me, where Arturia were on basically kind of collection number two, collection number three, something like that. So exactly as you say, a lot of the... From, again, it's a personal thing, but Arturia in the early versions, yeah, they didn't sound that much like the the um, what they're meant to be sounding like. And there was a generic kind of sound that even though they were totally different synths, there was a kind of homogenous kind of... something going on under the hood that was very similar. And for me, that's where Cherry Audio are, that Cherry Audio, you know, they, they can roll out all this stuff because a lot underneath the hood, there's a lot of similarities between them. And I think what's good is that Arturia have um as each version comes out they've moved it's they have actually become more i don't want to say accurate but the, they can more detailed more mm. detailed more different more individual so basically you can actually hear the differences now whereas in some of the early versions yeah you it was wasn't
0: quite I'm, I'm sure artoria and all of the bigs and also they make hardware which i think obviously makes it i'm sure artoria like all of the big software there must be an underlying kind of you know, set of libraries that they begin with. I mean, I can't imagine they reinvent the wheel every time they do it. I mean, the UI and the, the structure internally is going to be different. There must be sort of things that we go, well, here's our basic oscillator, but we can use the characteristics from an oscillator from this in that oscillator. They've probably figured out just how to do that more efficiently. I, I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know this. You, but, uh,
1: you'd think so, I guess. Mm. Um, but in the way that some of these things obviously work, quite often the code base can, can can splurge outwards. There's always a project yes. to bring it all back together again, but but it never seems to work for most of the corporations I've worked with, you know. There's always a project to sort it out. Um, and that's a good thing when it comes to music, actually, I think, you know, because you do want it sounding different. Um, what I would say is, in terms of what they should be doing, is I love the fact that they all sound like the originals and all the rest of it. I want to be able to do almost diva-esque style. I want to be able to take my PPG wave and chuck it through my Profit 5 filters and add well, the oscillators from well, a Moog and... and but, um, that kind of that, thing, and build the monster synth in a nice way. Ty's about to yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. I can already.
2: Well, no, no, but that's what they did with the Origin, with the hardware synth. So they have oh. got an Origin, and that's what they, of course. But back then, you literally had a, a mini Moog, you had a CSAT, you had a Jupiter Eight, mm. well, did you have, mm. you have something else? But the, but you could literally do exactly like that. You had a visual. Mm. You could take the oscillator from one into the filter of another into the envelope, and that and that that was the origin and but again that was just that was just kind of ahead of its time and before processing power was was um yeah totally, you know, kind totally. Of cheap enough to make it so but it's yeah and that's a great I mean, thing i, think, I mean the, you know i've always said the origin is a great yeah, thing yeah yeah
1: yeah no i mean that 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 takes their engines and brings them back in. I, I, I always get the feeling perhaps with Arturia and, and Novation to a degree that there's there's too many products out there for it to be manageable for them. I imagine being a product manager in either of those two companies. Fantastic companies, not and they and they're doing it. But to connect the dots between all the software and the hardware and to come up with a you know a hardware version of it is probably quite a challenge. And to and to, to conglomerate all the code base in the way that you described is probably quite a challenge. But I would like mm. to see it's such an obvious thing now to take modules of what they've now created so fantastically Uh, and I'm not suggesting maybe a sort of uh, blobs that I can wire together with stuff, you know, but it could be a software version, but I can literally start taking the best bits of other things and, and really sort of merge them together. And that would be a really nice touch to to reuse the systems that they've already coded. And well, it maybe is, that's... it's kind of like what Diva did, you know, hopefully they working yeah, maybe, on something like that. Anyway. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Anyway, um, I, I should probably
0: uh, just break here for another message from our friends over at Isotope, And uh, here they
4: come. Isotope Producers Club is a one of a kind member for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celemony. Plus, as long as you remember, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com.
0: Uh, once again we thank them for their support and if you're interested in maybe saving some cash you can save 10 percent if you go to uh i think is it that button will work no it doesn't seem to work never mind um if you go to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk there's a special landing page here and if you use the code sonic 10 which is all uh, outlined here on that uh, page uh you can save an additional 10 percent on any of your isotope plugins and that very often applies to the bundles and savings already so you can really um whittle down those prices uh, okay um i'm just trying to think where we should go gaz have you got a favorite topic we could come to i know i'm conscious that you've perhaps been uh slightly excluded from the uh from the soft the last one not being a software fan is there anything that you would no. you would like to like to go for oh out of
3: the topic list yeah, I'll, yeah you choose okay thank you uh let's have a look i'm just trying to find. oops as i find the topic list uh come on
0: update update um
3: oh well, we've got
0: the Vangelis on success. We've got uh, the Secrets of Swing. We have the Mod Devices oh, yeah, on, he's on, on swing. the road, road Procaster. Maybe we could do that, Ty, because I know, Ty, you probably would love to talk about more about the Vangelis and his uh, uh, weird relationship. or uh, uh, unpleasant. Well, I suppose it's general, all of us, you know, this relationship with the front-facing and the sort of back room version of ourselves where we have to be uh, in public and also just getting on with the job. But we'll start with, uh, where was it, the Swiss secrets of swing yeah this is an interesting one this is vid three this is from hi F, everyone this f9 is James audio. From James James and f9 audio and welcome like to the first DJ. of the f9 tutorials today we're going to be covering one of the most important aspects of rhythm programming swing what is it where did it come from and how can we master it and use it in our productions this topic turned out to be so big we decided right i won't play the whole thing it's it, and it sounds really simplistic we take swing for granted and one of the things i i just didn't realize i mean i'm I must have known, but seeing in, the, in this documentary, uh, it kind of talks about how swing affects. But where it came, it came, at first arrived as sort of hot jazz, swing jazz in the 20s. It, before that, it just wasn't a thing. And then it kind of like, or at least not a popular thing. And it became this kind of incredible movement. And everybody freaked out because they'd never heard this before. And I just hadn't really kind of comprehended how big... How big a deal that must have been! I mean, that must have been like sort of punk and rock and roll wrapped into the one thing because that was such a shift change. So outside of that, the, just the nature of swing itself was bonkers. Must have been. Yeah. That must have been amazing. Everybody
3: that, started I mean, dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a simplistic history, to be yes. fair. And I mean, yeah, it's, I,
2: thought,
3: it's, yeah. but I thought it was, I thought it was a little bit. Uh, the video and the video once you get into the into the into the longer episodes is is full of useful information but i mean the the whole kind of origins of swing uh though those you know obviously has most things are, originate from africa but um when you take a kind of clave rhythm and then you know the music that moves across it it has to swing i mean it doesn't work unless it's swinging so the swing the origins of 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 swing you know had been heard by millions of people before the 1920s millions of people so i think just in terms of the recorded medium that was emerging at the time then you know uh, but i think you know in terms of it moving people for millions of years, I think as well, but uh you know, through that more you know, like well, certainly the uh, the African kind of uh music from where from which informed blues, etc., and on it and on it goes. Uh but, you know, the old adage of it don't mean a thing if it ain't got a swing is 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 so kinda true. Um until you kind of get into the electropop days, but um, the swing feel though is something. As a as a player, um, I do tend to play with quite a bit of a swing in my in my playing. So so if I'm playing against something that's quite straight, you know, I'm swinging the notes uh, against the against the more rigid background. And when you play with different musicians, I think it's sort of, you know, the musicians often talk about the pocket, you know, being, playing in the pocket. And that, in a way, is how someone is perceiving the swing. You might be playing pretty straight, like if you're sort of like doing like in a bass. Like there's a thing called a pump when you're going dum 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 dum, playing eighth notes, you know. Uh, and you can be dud, 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 straight on it, or dud, 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 just ever so slightly, you know, ever so slightly. But um, when you're playing with a musician, uh, some, you know. E- you just kind of if you've got that right thing that works together and you just feel that swing together it's that movement you know it's the sex it's the sex bit of music really isn't it you know it's that i think that's a fair
0: point i I think it must be very (laughs) i mean when you play with other people it feels so good to, to get a groove going it must be very difficult not to swing everything even though sometimes you know that's not the case i know ty i mean in terms of composition i mean playing swung is a lot different to programming swing and we're talking i mean this go this video kind of goes into the the sense of you know those kind of movements and that the npc swing and the legendary kind of vibes that certain quantized algorithms have it's sort of quite it's quite nerdy in a way
2: it is but i i see i i don't think i mean first of all let's just go back to the history bit i mean literally i rolled my eyes when it was all about (laughs) yeah i mean it's almost like what you've never heard of six eight you've never heard of nine eight you've never heard of any music that was written in triplets because all that is is basically kind of a An you know extended kind of swing feel but anyway it doesn't matter i'm not going to go into that what what i would say is exactly the same as gaz really in terms of you know i think even when if you ask a musician to play forget programming if you ask a musician to play straight the reality is if you stuck that on a timeline and analyzed i don't musicians just don't play straight ever even when you ask them to play straight, if you sat down and analyze the transients there's they always always will there's a certain level of swing and to the extent that so when i' I've, I've got my quantize set up so when I quantize things there's always it's always about fifty three percent everything there's I, I, do, I don't even I never quantize I never quantized to fifty percent everything is set up to quantize to about it's about fifty three fifty four depending on and again talking about the NPC so when I was an NPC you know kind of embassy was legendary the swing on that was um it was just well, there was just something and I think there still is. Yeah. And even though they've they've supposedly copied it on so many things like, you know, kind of machine and on and the MPCX and whatever, they they don't swing like the original MPC sixty. And that isn't me sitting here and going, Oh, you know, and the world was a better place in nineteen eighty seven. It's not like that at all. It it just it was well, it's still there was something very special. MPC sixty and ASQ ten swung in a very it, it was still there was some, it was almost like there was something quite wrong with it in a kind of quite human way uh, which made right. it just gorgeous but yeah but again because but it had to it probably and, flipped
0: either side of the of, of what the only because it only had yeah. like you know absolutely some, that's and it was exactly
2: just the error it's the errors that made it yeah. swing yeah. like that absolutely yeah. that's probably exactly what it was but there was something very human about it and and um and i think no matter how much they try to analyze that when they then put it into you know kind of gear now where that can do that, you don't get that level of um mm. error. And um but yeah, so for me swing is really important and I but I I generally don't think any real musician playing will ever play without a certain natural element of swing, no matter how subtle it is. I don't think anyone plays like a robot. I, obviously you can, can program just, it that way if I, you want, but
3: can I just jump in there though? it like, there is this thing, isn't there? So when when if you're walking down the street, you know, you're uh, you know, your arms, you're not walking tsh, you Don't walk down the street dush, 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 dush. when you walk down the street, you sw- you you swing. Everyone swings is that when you walk, they walk down the street, guys. Is, is
1: that how you? Walk <laughs> 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 stranger
3: danger, stranger danger.
0: It's the fabulous furry Freak Brothers walk, isn't it? That's the uh, Gilbert Shelton style, yeah. Like I mean, one. actually, <laughs> yeah, I know what I you're actually, saying,
3: I, and I actually do walk like that, but um. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's just that All I wanted, what I wanted to interject there, though, is just because that that way we we feel swing when we go about our daily lives. So I think when it's in the music, you know, it makes it easier to move with because we naturally move with swing.
2: I, I think I think one of the things to just bear in mind is that the one band that everyone reckons is you know kind of they've spent their entire career being called robotic, and if you look at all of the early Craftwork stuff um the the drums on that they weren't they weren't programmed they were played live and if you listen to some of this supposedly robotic stuff from the from the 70s if you listen to the drums on that it, they swung all over the place and yet everyone was saying oh it sounds like robot music you know all through the man machine well, that's the image. well i mean do you say hmm. they swung well, or they s- were just out of time i suppose is the uh Do you know what? I'd love to turn around and no, no, they weren't out of time. They were, they did, (laughs) they were out of time in the case. But by its very nature, that's what it is: swinging is playing out of time. So uh, you know what? Well, you know, the, yeah. I always,
0: I was always told it was. Uh, uh, it's like the egg rolling down the hill. So you get this kind of cadence. It's call, like the. Uh, it's uh, what's the? Is it exponential or, or what's the, the, the logarithmic? Linear. The one that Pendulum the curve type is like. The, no, mm. not that's linear, but the one that's sort of yeah. exponential is that is the essence of swing. Like okay. It's mm. the same. It's the same
1: it's for uh, uh, control law, isn't it? In terms of synth knobs, you know this. I mean, I I love that stuff, and I also love analyzing it. I've been lucky enough to play with great rhythm sections who are way better than me at keyboards and, and Gaz is right. And I'm also a massive lover of MPC60s and I'm also really geeky where it comes to analyzing that stuff. So I've got my MPC60 and I've analyzed what it does. And I've locked it and see, and I've also taken records and, and, and looked at where the beats lie and tried to tried to computerise this stuff and clearly it doesn't work because the whole point about this there is in the MPC-60 is, is it's constantly moving. You know, you could take a bar of MPC-60 and in fact, James Wiltshire has has, has uh, produced grooves of all those boxes, you know, the MPC-60, all that stuff. Um, and when you look at and all they are are notes on a grid moved fractionally recorded and, and taken from from those things and you can see that they move around but what they are then is just bar repeats of the whole thing i have yeah. to big up james wilcher though actually even if he doesn't know his his triplet history or whatever um he has made some really great videos he's made a really really, really yeah. good series on techno for beginners where he got right up my street he, he got a boom box and stuck it in a um a subway out in Brighton and recorded the resonances and stuff. And he's break, broken down some really good tracks. Also, their, their, um, not, I know it's a cliche, their but the 909 library yeah,
3: is, yeah. is, is, you know, it's, yeah.
1: it's my secret weapon to be honest. So I'm, I really don't want to big it up that much, but yeah, <laughs> the, the attention to detail on some of those stuff. I've got so many. So, but that aside, um, if I'm quantizing, I'm the same. It will always, always be, um, be swung and I will normally play with a swing naturally and then I will push the quantize back towards the swing beat. So I'll never go now, now do a 16A or whatever the equivalent is. Um, I can take a, you know, I will move it 50% back towards the beat if it sounds wrong. And the more I play, the more I actually don't bother quantizing stuff if it sounds remotely right so I'll never go right now quantize that to 54% all the way through unless it has that you know kind of machine like feel I'll play it in and then I'll just move it 50% towards the 54% swing if you see what I mean so you're not yeah, quite, yeah, you're just true, moving so. the quantize towards the beat until it feels mm. a little bit more groovy because my groove probably lacks a little bit of uh, I've, got,
0: I've just I've got a theory. Um, so, okay, imagine this, right? So, swing was introduced to the masses, shall we say, through recorded medium, right? Uh, a 78 RPM record would be spinning quite fast. And if you imagine that the hole was not quite in the middle, then the <laughs> swing would have been accentuated because it would have been an elliptical <laughs> kind of journey and the speed would have been wonky all the way again. Consistently wonky. I wonder if there's a fact. I wonder if that plays a factor. I'm just, 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 wow. just putting just, just putting that out there. I don't know. Uh, Early I Ty's looking. No, Ty's got a stony face to that. You idiot, he's no. thinking in, in his internal monologue.
2: I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually thinking it through thinking that makes perfect sense actually yeah it's the same it's maybe it's the same reason that i once had a record by our daughter's wedding do you remember our daughter's wedding the lawn chairs are everywhere they're everywhere in my life. anyway early 80s electro pop american but one of the only few bands that were actually half decent that came out of america in my opinion anyway um so our daughter's wedding and i got their i had their, their single and the b-side was ah, i love this b-side but it was basically it was off center when it was when it was printed, and there was lots of wobble in there. And then when I had, I loved this track though because of this and the way it felt and everything. And then when it got put onto CD many years later, I listened to it on CD. I was thinking this doesn't sound half as good. And when I went <laughs> to play the record again, it was the fact that it was a bit warped and it was a bit moving. And but so so everything you're saying could mm, well have a certain I wonder element what the, of truth. I wonder, I, wonder what, I wonder what the tolerances
0: are in terms of the centre, you know, in the same way, you know, what, how tolerant the, the centre hole is, you know, whether it's, you know, any, what kind of movement from the absolute centre of the, the groove would would change the groove, in effect? Hmm okay hmm. yeah well, somebody might want to do a study on that it's not going to be me though I don't know got. Yeah, well, maybe,
2: record maybe, maybe someone maybe someone won't but
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody has already <laughs> uh, anyway yeah but i uh, just thought it was a fun piece anyway um but let's see uh there was uh, yeah because i think we did have another um a, another topic to do with vangelis and it seems sort of fitting that we should maybe close with that a little bit if everybody has got time um because one of the things that uh, that also came up. Uh, this was on synthopia actually it was An interesting insight into the way fame was just an enabler for him. So uh, let's just play that, and then we can maybe discuss that a little. I know it's a fairly massive topic. The way that uh,
1: I grow up, the the way that I grow up, and the way that I, as I said before, I I understood the world. And my first uh, uh, encounter with music, the the first, you know, memories uh, with music. Uh, always have been different. Uh, imagine that I never grew up with the uh, uh, with the idea to become famous or to become a professional musician or to become a composer. I mean, all those things they didn't have. It's a it's a
0: twenty minute video. I'll sort of prefix. I mean, essentially what he's saying is that it, and, and this 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 is a thing that runs through. I know so Ken Lewis sort of builds on this is the idea as a child, you're sort of unfettered and you're not encumbered by any expectation. You're just learning for the joy of learning, you're exploring things, and I think that's what he's probably searching for. And the fact that he became professional and had to make money from it, and the record company said, Okay, yeah, you need to do this, you need to do that, and he realized to make his living to enable him to do his work and I think this is something that we all struggle with I mean he just sort of voices it and it's sort of appetite appetite for the moment because um, he's just passed away and it 's a sort of it's actually a big a big uh, topic and it comes back down to these things where you know we 've all talked about the fact also sometimes when we make Music. Sometimes we're doing it under pressures of time. I know, Ty, you do it Im- immensely, and the, the 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 joy of just playing it for the sake of playing it, rather than to complete the work to get paid or whatever it may be. All of those things become entangled and it can make it quite difficult for us. Gaz, I'll come to you first because I know, you know, you 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 seem like the sort of person who very much, you enjoy being in the moment, the joy of it. When you have to do that gig, I remember when you did that gig in uh, Paris when you were really under it and you had to learn this ridiculously complicated classical music, almost no room for sort of improvisation and moment. Was that an enjoyable thing or did you just think, you know, so in relation to this overall topic i suppose is what i'm I'm kind of thinking exploring yeah um oof, uh, that's a big one uh, maybe, maybe a bit too big for the last topic but <laughs>
3: uh, it, you know there's the happy place isn't there where we all want to be i think really and if we can make that you know a career as well then that's amazing so i've been fortunate enough to have managed to have Fused that into quite a lot of the things that I've done, uh, and my 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 kind of happy place is playing songs with us arrangement, but being able to go slightly off piece, come back in, and sort of still keep it, you know, keep the form on track. And, uh, yeah, and then playing with uh, you know, if there's loads of people there, all really enjoying it. Um, and it's all just then that's amazing you know then it's like that's the point of it everything else is a sort of bonus or just but you know if you can get that Get that happening for you. Uh, I should mention that I always try to squeeze fuzzwire bass into everything I do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I managed on the Martin Car tour that was just completed. Actually, he needed to switch over guitars. Uh, I managed to get a fuzzwire bass solo in. I got a big cheer for it as well. So talk about nice. happy place. You know, that's me. So sort of on a <laughs> big stages, you know, and that's loud as well. <laughs> kind of playing fuzzwire which i did actually some fuzzy while I super booth as well i mean it's something it's my in fact when i got the i landed a job with cirque du soleil i passed an audition for cirque du soleil for a big show uh but it was at the same time the charlotte church band was picking up and i had to make a decision which way to go uh and it was really difficult because the cirque du soleil one was a major major job but um i decided to stay with charlotte and, and that was we were on the bus coming back from edinburgh and we played in the natural history museum there and midway through charlotte needed to get a drink or something i i did an impromptu fuzzwa bass solo uh, and i and i realized not now Gus, yes. not now <laughs> no i didn't get told, uh, i didn't get told yes. off for doing a solo. and that's what made me make my mind up about stay yeah, the charlotte that
0: would have <laughs> been just, i mean if you've done it with cirque du soleil you, you might have done it and then you have going oh that's great you have to do it every night the same you, you know they're very <laughs> they're very, yeah, very rigid yeah. aren't they with that yeah
3: yeah but i mean that was just you know, you know yeah, yeah. when you when you're in your absolute happy place and it happens to be you know coinciding with your professional thing then yeah that's amazing that's that's excellent the goal.
0: I think that's a, and that that's a that's a really lovely kind of uh, thing to aim for. Difficult. I mean, I know you've spoken before, Ty, about uh, how often you know when you're working in the in the mode that you're in at the moment. At least it's it's a slog and it's just full on. But that's your skill and your ability, and that's what they're paying for. But it doesn't necessarily give you the endorphins you require for um, the happy place. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I think
2: no, no, no. You're not. I mean, it's it's. Um... I think he was he was less... Talk- I mean, Vangelis, when he had that interview, he was less talking about happy play. He was more talking with the fact that it's the fact that he very much perceived it, as I said before, in that the he did what he had to do to to earn the money because he needed the money to kind of get the gear for the studio. To pay a safety service to, to, vest, yeah. to, to Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. But to pay, and he he basically very much saw it as he was, you know, he'd go out and do the soundtracks or do the stuff, so that it enabled him to do what you know he earned him the money, so he could then the rest of the time spend um, writing what he wanted to write. And I think that's 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 the balance. That's the difficulty because the problem I've kind of got is the fact that I'm kind of very much in workman. Don't get me wrong. I, I I've always said I love what I do. I'm the luckiest guy on earth. But so I do. I love what I do. But the reality is, as we found when we did the Sonic State track, you know, that was the first track I'd written for myself since 1997. And so... You know, kind of, I'd love to sit here and go, well, I do all this so that I can earn the money and get all the gear so I can go and do my own stuff. And then you kind of go, well, that's fine in theory. So when did you last do your own stuff? At which point I'll go, oh, look, squirrel. Oh, look, giraffe. You know, <laughs> just to try and uh, distract the situation from the fact that the reality is I I, I rarely get a chance to actually write anything for myself. <laughs> One track in 24. Four years. I'm so, I'm so glad um, that we
0: were enabled we, we enabled that. I feel I feel some you know, of like but, done the right thing, you know.
2: But, but that's the reality of the situation that is yeah. the reality of the situation that you getting that balance and that what he was saying was i do this just so that i can then write what i want and and that that will happen from my point of view that will happen because i already as you know that i'm writing a lot less than i was a few years ago uh, i just go through periods where it's hectic and whatever but the reality will be that you know i will be getting that balance better and writing more my own stuff um but it is a business at the end of the day the business pays for all the all the gear and pays for me to live the life that you know i want to live so there is a there is a really
0: interesting there's an interesting dilemma isn't there the artist dilemma because as soon as you know people dig what you do it becomes product whereas before you might have just been following your nose and therefore you know it's a very different thing and then when it becomes product and it's like well i want what you did like that Again, please. I mean, I found that when we did remixing, that's, that's, you know, every, everything was different until they, everybody wanted it
2: the same, effectively, you know, so you end up... That, with a that is... That's, my, that's been my life for the last 20-odd years, that mm-hmm. everyone wants, that, you know, especially there's a, there's a few teams that I work with, and almost all the teams, because I've worked with them before, they all want what I did you know the project we'll before or the project you know I still I still get now there's one I'm not going to say who she is but there's a producer and director I get who still keeps citing stuff that I did in 2002 going can we have that score again and they're going okay this is like the 11th time i've written that bloody score for you do i have to do it again and and inevitably i'll go well how about we try this and i go off on this mad tangent she go yeah that's really good but can we have it still sounding like the score for uh, you know and you then have to make the decision of do you do you do you have that fight again or do you give her what you she wants again and there are, yeah. and that's that's it you kind of get to say sometimes where you go do you know what if that's what she wants I will give her that and and then you just kind of go through the motions with it. But everyone's happy, then she loves it and it's all good. But there yeah, is yeah. I've always said this, you know, I do have those two heads. I have auto, autopilot head where I can do what I do, you know, without thinking and then I have creative head where where I just go down this rabbit hole of being incredibly creative and different and and trying new stuff out and um and it's getting that balance. Again, it's that like getting the happy place, it's getting the the balance yeah. between you know kind of between everything and that's that's the that's the difficulty and I suppose, Gaz is right, that is my happy place, I suppose, It's just getting into that happy place sometimes. Is, yeah, is,
0: yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we all get into creativity for lots of different reasons. You know, I, obviously, you know, for Vangelis, according to his, it was just so that he could do what he wanted. But for some, it's about ego, you know, small e, you know, it's like you get, you, get the, you get the kind of like the acceptance and people go, your stuff's great and it makes you feel good. And for some, it's just personal fulfillment, which is like, I love doing this and I want to do it more. I don't care what anybody else thinks. And you get those weird situations where you have artists whose crass commercial work is massively successful. Everybody loves it. And when they do the stuff they want, everybody hates it and nobody wants mm. to listen to it. So you get, it's kind of mm. weird. It's such a weird thing to deal with.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things, really. From, from my perspective, if you're being creative, unless I enjoy it, it's awful. So, um, and I think that applies, you know, crass commercial stuff. Generally, when it's successful, the people doing it tend to be really into it, actually. Um, so if you if you cite someone like Stock Aitken and Waterman, who hit a kind of creative machine, if you like, at one point way back in the, in the 80s and were derided by the real musicians they were really into what they were doing. They were really, they really loved the stuff they were putting together. It was a very, very creative environment and it, it, you know, they were proud of, of what they were putting together. You, people may not liked it, people may loved it, and people may not think it's a creative form of music perhaps at the time, but they were really into it. And it's very, very hard. If, if someone at the time said to me as a, as a session player or as a writer, right, uh, okay, now this is a really successful track and we like the star, now you need to do, do this, right, and make this was. I would make a very, by, by virtue of the fact that it was copy, it was a copy. It might sound pretty close. It might have the right vibe to it, but it wouldn't be as successful because my heart wouldn't be in it. And you're, you're, you're it's almost like not worth starting. Um, I could see if you're, uh, if you're, if you're working creatively on something you don't like, like for example if the song's done but you have to spend three days comping breaths and vocals and, and doing work which is a little more quantifiable perhaps less creative then yeah that might be quite boring but you have to be into what you're doing from my point of view in order to to make it sound good. It goes back to what we were saying where the the, the best tunes and the best songs are the ones that just come into your head when you're in that happy place anyway and, and, and it just happens whereas if you have to pay the rent and and you're worried that if you don't get this track away with this artist you won't get paid for the session and blah blah blah. It's, it's, you're really on well, the loser. I, to start with, I, I th- yeah, and I think you make some points. I mean, I've always said, you know, it, it, it's a different
0: vibe, but it wasn't that different to the music machine that was Motown or the Philly sound Motown, yeah, rooms exactly, of, exactly. Rooms of people sat there, churning out tracks. Where some producer, of big shot, would go, "That's crap. Make it more like this." And mm. some of those people probably hated what they were doing, but they still wrote some. You know, Carol King used to do it. There were loads of people whose whose job was to write songs as a in, as part of a machinery and. The, you know i i think you know i uh, maybe people have different memories associated with it. Stock Aitken and Walkman for a whole generation of people is like the the pop music of their youth and it's full of joy and full of those things. And there's nothing wrong mm. with that. It's just seen as less value somehow, but it's it was a very similar process. I don't think there's that much. Yeah,
1: I, I quite agree. And yet, so the other side of it is I'm quite a positive kind of person. So I try and put myself in that place, whatever I'm doing. So, you know, if you're working with an artist and it's clearly not going right, maybe you haven't hit it off right, or or maybe you're just when you really should just get up and go. Okay, let's let's come back tomorrow. Let's go out and have a beer or something. You know. Um you never stop learning and, and the, the positivity about doing something when anyone else is involved or when you're there, you never know what's going to happen. If you stop at that moment, that sliding door moment may never happen and there's plenty of times when I've been in a situation thinking, my yes, oh, yeah. goodness You me, go too you know far what?
0: but you take you, you stretch out for a lot yeah. too long because you think you might miss something when in fact if you just went. Yeah, exactly. So I mean yeah, there's yeah,
1: always so. stuff to learn, there's always positivity to be drawn from even the most negative things and I mean this might be quite a luxurious setting in my nice house, you know, I've had success. But the success that I've had has always been when I've been in the happy place, when I've been creating. And I think that's that's quite important. So if you're not in it, just feeling a little bit more positive about it or picking up on the positive of the situation puts you in a far better state of being creative and having something positive or, or then just get up and walk away you know and, and come back at it later but I know it's not the same for everyone I know when I'm in the position where I might create something really good and I know when I'm in a position where I probably won't and I should stop it's just listening to those feelings and deciding where <laughs> I, but is. sometimes you can't I
2: wish, <laughs> I, wish I, I so wish I had that luxury I, that's, that's oh, the really? See, honestly, oh, yeah, joking aside, time, yeah? that's that's what I dream I that's what I dream of the reality is no matter whether I'm feeling crap or in a good place in a bad place I've had a argument I've got a headache I feel rubbish I feel whatever time of day it is it's the, there's doing what I do you literally do have to just be able to turn it on when you're you know and I'm not having I've always said this so many times before when you haven't slept for however many long however long it's four o'clock in the morning and you've got a deadline at nine and uh, you've got five hours left and you've got, you know, six pieces of music left to write before you, that is not wow. conducive for you going, Hey, do you know what? I'm in a good place. I'm a. <laughs> all you do. Is you are, you literally just have to, have to be able to turn on or di- yeah. dig into these, this reservoir. something. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just right. to get through, just to kind of get through. As I always say, the ironic thing about it is the reality is, a lot of the time the best tracks come from those it's moments. Because you're
0: instinct because you're yeah, you're instinctive. But it's the just pure adrenaline. Is, the adrenaline. Yeah, that's uh, the irony, yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and the track the track that you open the project with six months ago that you spent four days doing, you then listen to the last track that you did compared to the first track you did, thinking Well, actually i prefer the last track and yet the other one took four Mm -hmm. days to do uh, you know Mm -hmm. so well but i think you're not you're not as
0: insider either if you do it in the moment then it's not you haven't inhabited every single triplet you know breath quantize tick you
2: know can i can can can, can i tell you this this because this is absolutely true the last track that i finished on this episode that i did the last track that i i i finished i'd been in the studio for for days and days and days and, and more or less left and i just thought oh do you know what this last track i can i can just do this so i went back and i sat lay lay on my sofa with a laptop took out the studio i'm just laying on the sofa with the laptop and i couldn't be bothered to set up a keyboard stand so i literally just put a little native 25 keyboard down at the bottom of at the on the side of the sofa and I'm on my, lying back on the sofa, a pair of headphones on, laptop leaning against my knees. I'm not even looking what I'm playing. I'm just reaching down to the floor as I'm leaning back on the sofa, playing the notes with my, you know, kind of right hand. <laughs> then just in the next track, lying back, looking at the screen, just play the I didn't even look at the keyboard once and I did the entire track with my arm resting over the side of the sofa <laughs> to get it done. Because I was that shattered. I was that shattered. But can I also point out, though, I haven't listened back to it yet. And I don't think I will be. Because at the time, I thought it was great. And I don't really want to listen to it now, having sent it off yeah, and find out people. No, it wow. Oh, well,
0: thank you very much, everyone, for your honesty. I know it's uh, sometimes these things, you know, it, it, it's it, – it, and it does sound a bit like, you know, it, it's not, oh, poor me. It's these are the kind of – if no, you've done – if you're working creatively for money, this is the sort hmm. of stuff that kind of happens from time I, to time. It's I, just the –
2: I think that it's that It's there's an honesty, because a lot, lots of people would love to be, you know, I've always said, I'm very fortunate. I'm very, I love what I do, but I'm very fortunate. I'm very lucky, but please, you know, kind of, I always say don't ever think that it's just all a bed of roses. There's a lot you know, there's a lot of crap that goes with it. And one of the big ones is having to turn on this tap, whether you're in the mood or in the good place or a bad place is, it's really difficult. And there's lots of people I know who are fantastic musicians and fantastic composers but can't do it this way. They have to be in the zone. They have to be in the right place. And you can't Mm. do what I do unless you can just turn it on. Um, So, you know, I'm not complaining. It is not poor me at all. I'm incredibly lucky. But, you know, just being honest. Well, can I just come in with a very quick little anecdote just because uh, okay, when, I cool that, then, yep. when I was doing
3: that, because it's funny, you, you'll appreciate this. I was oh, doing yeah, the yeah. Fuzz Bar solo in Superbooth yeah. and then I, I I get Andy Mack phoning me and he knows that I'm gigging. He knows that I'm playing and, I'm, and I've got it on my my, on my watch, you know, it's ringing on my watch. I'm like, Oh, what is it? What is it? So I just take a tiny moment. I'm from the watch Andy's going, uh, world exclusive OP1. Can you make it here now? So <laughs> that's, what, that, oh, but, face and then just legged it, legged it, speed <laughs> right down, and then it was right to like seeing everybody. Oh, sorry, you are to legged it down, and then so literally that OP1 feature, I was like five. It interrupted you know, your happy place. I'm so I sorry. Interrupted my happy place, uh, which was okay with that OP1 interview, <laughs> until they set the price, and then that put me in a very. Oh sad okay. no! Come
2: on, it's it's mm. still it's still I've got to keep it, it's still amazing.
0: I'm I'm trying to figure out what the title should be, really, because you've got both of them at the moment, Gaz. I'm trying to figure out how to make, but I'm doing a fuzz bass solo into a sort of shorter, snappier title. But the other one is, no, this is how I walk. Uh, which I thought was quite a good No, this is all right. I'll go with, no, <laughs> this, right. well, this is how I will. Yeah, Chaps, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been lovely to have you all here, <laughs> uh, even though uh, the three of us have uh, uh, follically challenged. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, Gaz, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for ahead. your anecdotes and everything. Uh, um, you, you're not doing a show tonight. I think you should go to the gig, uh, uh, yeah, to reckon? be honest. I think you yeah. should absolutely go to yeah. the gig.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So you don't get to right. go to the gig. i go right.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah go and do your fuzz bass solo. What the hell, you know, see if you can jump on, just take a fuzz pedal <laughs> with you. and You might just be able to hook it up impromptu wise. They might say, there's no support band. You go, that's okay. I've brought my fuzz bass. <laughs> <laughs> you're,
3: you're inspiring me now. <laughs> yeah. Go on, do it. You can yeah, always do a fuzz, place. you could do
0: a fuzz bass stream show tomorrow instead. Couldn't you? You know, yeah. there you go.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, Ty, thank you again. I do hope uh, Well, you've got a couple of days off, so do enjoy yourself and, I hope your deadlines don't I will, get the better of you too I much and you can do my chill. best.
2: I will. I'll see you in, I'll see you the end of September after this. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Well, Ty, thank you so much. And Don, also nice to have you back. Thank you. thank you. It looks like all the chat was working. I will, we'll have a, a chat about that at another point, but thank you very much, Don. Uh, don't forget next oh, week, nice. uh, Nam starts uh, probably Thursday evening Friday not quite sure it's going to work so I'm going to be doing some editing back from the UK the folks are going to be there but do stay tuned for more we will there will be a show next week because I am not flying so that means I can do the show and it'll be fine see you all next time that was Sonic Talk episode 715 thanks very much see you later bye bye